What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and this is another episode of the Facts Project. Today, episode three. God damn, man. Look, I'm going to go through the whole gauntlet with all this because this show, I feel as though just reading the comic as a, as a young boy and then having the ability to watch this on screen, I'm always enamored by it. You know, like I, I've said it in the past. <laughs> We're getting spoiled and I'm kind of just accepting the fact that Marvel, DC, comic book movies in general, comic programming, as much as they want to put out, I'm willing to accept <laughs> at this moment. You know, it just doesn't matter anymore. But um, thank you, everybody, for joining me on another Facts Project. A uh, couple things to go over. So today I realized that. I'm a small indie podcast uh, that talks about um, the culture within comics, uh, movies, the reviews that are based on those movies, uh, music, and nerd culture as a whole. And I hit 2,000 downloads today. And I got to say, I'm very, very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm elated by that, you know, because when I started this solo, doing the editing, doing the production myself, being the voice of the program, you know, I didn't necessarily expect that there would be an audience out there. But but the thing is, it's a universal language when you're talking about things. If you're talking about culture within things that people enjoy, it's going to set a tone for people because ultimately everybody around the world loves to talk about comics. Everybody around the world loves to talk about movies. Everybody around the world loves to talk about music. You know, these are the three, three things that universally connect us. So much so that the last uh, podcast that we did, uh, Why Indie is Beneficial, I've never given a shout out to the people that listen to this podcast, whether you are in the United States or internationally. Um, I realized, of course, that I have fans not only within the United States, but I, I have them in Spain. I know that somebody in Spain listens to every single episode religiously as soon as they as soon as they come out. So whoever that is, shout out to you, whoever you are, um, Pakistan, Oman, Russia, uh, Philippines, India, you know, uh, Czech Republic, you know. The, the amount of countries, Oman, the, the amount of countries that tune into this program and just have the ability to give it a listen. Fucking fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And if you enjoy just listening to me, uh, talk to talk to guests who are um, independent comic book creators, independent comic book writers, independent comic book artists who have a love for this just as much as you would see from your favorite writers and artists for Marvel and DC, you know, and they have such a passion for it that they don't see themselves doing anything else, but writing and creating comics because it means that much to them. It means that much to me to talk about them. I mean, I sit here and I'm a supporter of indie comics through and through. I still read Marvel and DC. I still read Image. I still read Boom Studios. I still read TKO. Shout out to Kyle Higgins, who uh, who created Radiant Black, because I'm I'm getting into that saga. And holy moly. Uh, but but inevitably, I mean, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, 
anybody out there that listens and has contributed to that count of downloads in order for me to hit this point. I have not hit a year in doing this podcast. I will in November. In November, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like, uh, what, it's August, so September, October, November. Just three months away. So I hit 2,000 downloads in eight months. I consider that good for myself. Now, if you are a very important person, if you are a celebrity out there and you happen to do podcasts, I'm sure 2,000 downloads looks like breadcrumbs on your plate. To me, that looks like a T-bone steak. So I cherish this shit. <laughs> but um, another thing I wanted to get into, and once again, thank you. But another thing I wanted to get into this week was the fact that Jesus Christ, the week that fucking Marvel had. Like, as far as content, uh, aside from episode two of What If dropping as the uh, final farewell of Chadwick Boseman lending his voice to T'Challa one last time in that episode where T'Challa becomes Star-Lord of Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, completely after that, within this week, <laughs> the Eternal trailer, uh, final trailer drops, uh, the full trailer. And, you know, of course, me, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the first time I get to see Celestials on, on screen. As a matter of fact, I hold near and dear a lot more of the Marvel Cosmic Universe than I do for some of the other stuff. So I am a big Guardians fan. I'm a gigantic Nova fan. I'm a huge Silver Surfer fan. Huge. Okay. So seeing the Celestials on screen was a storyline that's wrapped in their lore and their, their thesis of how they've created the Marvel Universe. I'm enthralled by it. The next one, Shang-Chi Shang has basically come out to tons of great early reviews. There's a lot of people that have seen it. If you happen to be on IG and on Twitter and some of these uh, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes that was certified fresh, but a lot of the critics that are out there are giving it kudos for how naturally entertaining this, this show is. <coughs> Sorry about that. Damn, I had to sneeze. <laughs> First time I've done that on the podcast. Um, the next thing, because y'all beg for it so fucking much and y'all can't accept the word no, uh, the Spider-Man trailer got leaked. And for those of you that watched the leak, and I'm sad to say that I was one of those people. I don't know why the fuck I watched it. It was for, for one, it was it was a videotape of somebody videotaping somebody else's phone. It probably had some of the, it, the, the animation wasn't done. I'm sorry, the CGI wasn't done. So like all these bits and pieces and everything of it were like thrown off. And I apologize for doing that. But the next day, the trailer dropped because CinemaCon of course happened. And the last time that we got the Far From Home trainer was at CinemaCon. So it was almost like inevitable that it was going to get dropped during this time. And it did. And an onslaught happened. So we're talking about this trailer did more, uh, more views than Endgame did. So when Endgame released their trailers for the first time, it did more than Endgame. 
or is it that we're just so like pretty much it's almost built into our DNA to watch Marvel movies and, and their trailers and seeing them for what they are and try to point out the Easter eggs and pick apart the trailer as much as possible that we just, when we see it, we're like, we have to watch it like 17 times more over because I did. And I was like, okay, um, I'm looking at this. I see, I only see Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Because there was all those rumors that, of course, that um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in this movie. And there's still, of course, the possibility that they are. But then the villains start to appear. Now, no, this is all cataclysmic from the precursor of what happened in Far From Home, where uh, Peter is pretty much on the run. Mysterio tricking him into believing that uh, that P- Spider-Man is pretty much a villain and has revealed the identity of Peter Parker as Spider-Man. And in doing so opens up the floodgates to where he has to approach Dr. Strange. And it's almost that one more day uh, for those of you that don't know the one more day comic book where, um, where he approaches Mephisto, which is uh, the MC, the Marvel universe's uh, incarnation of the devil sells his soul to him so that uh, his identity can be so nobody knows that he's Peter Parker. But instead of using Mephisto, you use Doctor Strange. And in doing so, we have the multiverse spin, of course, that the that the MCU is now going to go through with phase five and continuing forward. So a lot of the Fox universe, I'm sorry, Fox, Sony universe, Spider-Man villains start to appear. Namely, the person that appeared in the trailer at the end which was Alfred Molina, better known as Dr. Octopus. Probably the best Spider-Man villain known to man. Although there were more because Green Goblin's pumpkin bomb was revealed, revealed in the trailer. So the Green Goblin might play a part. Um, there was also those rumblings of electricity that were happening in the trailer. Electro, Jamie Foxx's Electro could be playing a part. That electrical storm was happening within a a sandstorm. That could be Sandman also playing a part. Uh, There was somebody reaching for Peter Parker in the trailer who almost had a camouflage effect. That could be Lizard. Also, there's a scene where he is running through uh, Feast. For those of you that don't know, that is the uh, soup kitchen that is run by Martin Lee, a.k.a. Mr. Negative. So that could play a part. And if I'm counting that correctly, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Is this a Sinister Six movie? Within the multiverse? Because if the multiverse opens up and all those villains tend to appear. And it just so happens to be six of them. Uh. Yeah, it could happen. But Marvel just had this like tremendous ass week. And please, please, anybody out there, stop bugging Kevin Feige. This man is giving you so much. The man runs Marvel. Um, he's the he's he's basically the head of creative entertainment for not only uh the MCU for the cinematic universe, but he even runs creative for the comics now. And yet people bug him probably on an hourly basis. 
and they were bugging him about this Spider-Man trailer. When's this shit coming? When's this shit coming? Give it to me now. You should have released it yesterday. Man, I look, he's I got a feeling that one day he is going to leave. And I don't blame him. To be honest, I don't blame him at all, because if he leaves, he leaves a legacy that will never get repeated because nobody has been able to provide connectivity from movie to movie like he's had in this time frame. Now, to the point where, you know, he's branching off into the multiverse. He's also branching off in the streaming and giving you 30 minute episode series that are in connectivity with the movies that are coming out. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's ever done that. He's doing something so innovative that people who have done movies for a long time are completely incensed with this man and what he has done because they say he's destroying cinema. He's not destroying cinema. He's actually building cinema through his own universe and he's doing it so well. People done comic book movies before. Before him. And some of them sucked. A lot of them have, you know, have done poorly. But yet he does them so well. And, and he, it doesn't matter if one like flops like a little bit and they don't flop like hard. But like Thor 2, Iron Man 3, like movies that are like eh, subpar a little bit. But the thing is, he's willing to eat that up because there's still connectivity involved. There's still Easter eggs in there. There's the post credit scenes. He's adding all this shit in there and you have to put it in there. You can't just like toss out Thor 2 because that's the reveal of the Aether. And that's one of the Infinity Stones. There's connectivity to that. It has to get put in there. Ah, stop bugging him in. He's going to he's going to leave one day. You're going to hate it when he's gone. But. Today, I wanted to get into the review of what if episode three and when, when I saw the title going in, it was like, what? What if we lost the Earth's Mightiest Heroes, basically losing the Avengers and the poster was of Nick Fury and Black Widow. I figured figured this was like a filler episode. You know, I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just going to be a fly by night, man. Was I fucking wrong? Because this turned out to be a full blown murder mystery. Because, all right, let, let me just paint the scenario for you. OK, if we're looking at it from the time frame where. Nick Fury is building up the Avengers initiative. He already knows who he wants to recruit. He's only heard but so much out of these people. So in the means of doing so, it, it plays just into the effect of how he went about getting, getting the Avengers in the first place. So you see those scenes like uh, Tony Stark at the donut shop, sitting in the donut, and Nick Fury meeting him there to talk to him about joining the Avengers. But yet there's twists and turns to each introduction to where when Black Widow pretty much is uh, sedating him in order for Nick to get in his head and interrogate him, he dies right there on the spot. Man has a cardiac arrest. Now, when that happened, when Tony Stark died, I was like, 
They're like, uh, he's not waking up. I'm like, I started laughing. I was like, wait, <laughs> like, how is this going to go? So Tony Stark's dead already, like probably within, <laughs> probably within the first 50 minutes. And I'm sorry. I spoil, I, I spoil these like little um, 30 minute series, but it's for those out there that um, have watched it uh, within the past couple of days. And it's been hilarious. But so Tony's Tony's pretty much gone. OK. And then the means of doing so, because Black Widow was the one that administered the syringe, she gets locked up because they feel as though she she forcefully tried to kill him. She pleads her case. Nothing's happening there. Cut to the scene where um, Thor, Thor one, Yolnir is falling to earth unworthy Thor because he got stripped of uh stripped of all his armor stripped of Mjolnir he's completely unworthy Thor looking for Mjolnir finds it and is trying to get it this like so there's that whole scene in the rain in New Mexico uh Hawkeye is seen for the first time that was his introduction too where he's on like the conveyor belt sitting there with bow and arrow and Thor's trashing a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And in the means of him almost getting to me on there, all of a sudden he gets shot by Clint Barton. Like Hawkeye hits him with an arrow, dead to the heart. Kills him. Clint gets not locked up. So Clint's, uh, Clint's sitting there in a cell, like his little like glass cell. And... <laughs> When they go to talk to him to ask him exactly what happened, because he started uh, initially by what happened after he, he hit him with the bow and arrow. He was like, I never do that. Like, I don't flinch. But when he's locked up, they go to talk to him. Clint's already dead. So that's that's three Avengers down <laughs> and one arrested. Black Widow's in a truck with a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and pretty much figures something's off here and breaks out. And the first person that she runs to is Betsy Ross. And all this is starting to play into the incredible Hulk saga. Now, now note, everything as far as connectivity within the MCU, the incredible Hulk all, it has never been like a flashback sequence or anything like that. So people have always argued that the incredible Hulk is not a part of the MCU false because they use this entire flashback sequence. Well, not even a flashback sequence, but they use the entire scene of him in hiding in Betsy Ross's lab until general Thaddeus Ross, Thunderbolt Ross shows up tanks are army so uh, you know armed soldiers and everything like that to where bruce is being led out by black widow and then the shooting starts to happen it's a, remember they, there was that bridge sequence where he was on the bridge and he was getting shot at and everything like that and then he gets hit so he gets hit you know general ross is like yo who shot that hulk gets into action of course he get when bruce banner gets shot he's going to turn the hulk Jumps off the bridge just like he did in The Incredible Hulk. But it starts to implode. The man starts to blow up. Boom. Implodes. Hulk. Gone. Natasha jets off. 
more tries to do more digging. So gets back to shield headquarters of, has managed to break in. And in the means of finding out like what was generally uh, in the files, and she says, what, what would all these deaths have to do with a two year old dead shield agent? So then she decides to get on the horn to call Nick Fury because she feels as though she's figured it out. And she is getting her ass whooped. Somebody in the dark is beating her ass. But yet the voicemail is on. And the last things that she says in the voicemail is like, it's something about hope. It's been hope the whole time or some, some all in relation to hope. And for there's only one hope that's been mentioned in the MCU and that's Hope Van Dyne. Also known as Wasp. That we know from Ant-Man and Wasp. So. Turns out, in the means of all this, the reason that Nick ain't been picking up the phone is because guess who's arrived to avenge his brother? Loki. Loki is sitting there with the, with the Warriors 3, the Destroyer, and a bunch of Asgard soldiers. And is basically giving Nick until, like, sun, sun up the next day to get me the killer of my brother or I'm destroying this whole damn planet. Pulls out the cosmic cube that's like laid in a case and it's starting to like freeze up anything within its path. To the point where, you know, Nick has finally figured out that um, if he's given the time that he needs and the reason, the reason that he had that time, he got to listen to that voicemail and it triggered something in him from, you know, if, if, if if Hope Van Dyne died, there's only one person that this, uh, that this is going to lead to. So he ends up at a graveyard. And who is to meet him there? Not Scott Lang. Not Janet Van Dyne. But Hank Pym. Now, Hank Pym, of course, has a notorious history in uh, Marvel Comics. Because... Unlike people that understand from the MCU, they think that Tony Stark created Ultron. In the comics, that is a hard no. Hank Pym created Ultron. And of course, he in the MCU has been working for S.H.I.E.L.D. for a very, very long time. So when you see him, he's not in the Ant-Man outfit. He's in the Yellow Jacket outfit. So if anybody remembers from the first Ant-Man movie, the villain in the first Ant-Man was Yellow Jacket. And he's got like the 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 stinger, uh, the stinger laser rays There's like two of them on each side. And then there's two at the bottom and everything like that. So it turns out like you, you kind of figure out like pretty much Nick has figured out how all the Avengers have been killed by Hank Pym. Utilizing the quantum uh, that quantum juice that makes him smaller to bigger and everything like that. So he was inside the syringe with Tony Stark and probably fucking ripped his aorta and gave him, put him in cardiac arrest. He was, uh, he was the person that flicked Clint Barton's finger so that he, it would trigger him to strike his bow and arrow into Thor, killing him instantly. He gets into the cell with Clint and kills him. When Hulk was shot on the bridge, 
he was like inside the bullet, happened to be inside Hulk to implode him. And also happens to beat Black Widow's ass to, the, to death. Right. So we're sitting here in this graveyard and he's he's blaming S.H.I.E.L.D. for the death of his daughter. And he feels like the only way to, for retribution or payback or vengeance, however you want to put it, is to not have S.H.I.E.L.D. or better yet, Nick Fury construct the Avengers. And he knocks them off one by one. Who knew? You know, now Scott Lang does not have this type of body count. Now, Hank Pym, he can be an asshole at times. But it's played by Michael Douglas. It's not a young Ant-Man. It's Michael Douglas. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an old guy. And he squares off against Nick Fury in this graveyard. And Nick is giving him the business. And you're like, yeah, you have never seen Nick Fury do any of this. He's a plain human being. There is no super soldier serum. There's no type of uh, enhanced abilities or anything like that. But all the while, it was Loki helping him the entire time, utilizing trickery, multiplying Nick Fury in some type of mind manipulation or an illusion. And pretty much dusted and beat the hell out of uh, Hank Pym in the process. But after the dust is settled, Loki doesn't want to blow up the, can the, the planet anymore. He also does not want to go back to Asgard. He figures, just like he's figured out in the past, is that Earth is pretty much his to rule. It is his rightful, rightful heir. He is the rightful heir to Midgard. That was supposed to be his. So he starts to take over. And then Nick, feeling like all the cards that he's had happen to be on deck. Is there one more that he could pull? He still had his beeper. And that beeper can only call but one person. And that's Carol Danvers. So he's looking at the shield in ice in case the nice now does that mean that he's going to bring back steve rogers or is he going to bring back captain carter uh peggy carter we're not under we're not getting that part in this what if series but carol denvers uh for the most part it leads into an open-ended question because with the appearance of carol denvers the show ends which then leads us to believe that yeah there's going to be uh, some type of cataclysmic event or final event to where uh, most of the Avengers are brought back together, maybe different forms of them. Maybe it's just Carol, uh, either Steve or Peggy, maybe T'Challa and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy are helping him and getting Loki off of the planet. Maybe that might be the final verdict in how this ends. But there's still more to go. I think the next episode is uh, the Doctor Strange issue um, episode. I'm not sure if it's the Doctor Strange episode where he where Peter Parker becomes Doctor Strange. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what if has enthralled me to do uh, reviews of each one of the each one of their episodes? I feel as though it is right to do the, these in this fashion, and I will be doing this once again next week. So. I appreciate everybody joining me here. Once again, thank you for joining me here on the Facts Project. 
please feel free to support indie podcasters. And when you're downloading this episode, uh, please uh, research a lot of indie comic book creators, either on Kickstarter, Indiegogo. They're doing fabulous work. Fabulous work. I just recently uh, picked up, as of the other day, I can pull it out here. Or better yet, I can't. <laughs> but please, please, as you as you may, research your uh, research any indie comic book creators. Uh, shout out to uh, all the all the creators that have been on this podcast in the past. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. All right. So this is James Grandmaster Facts Voice for the Facts Project. We are out.